Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. Uh, it's been described, or I guess I've described this uh, Roll or Die podcast as sort of me chatting with my mates. So today I'm bringing to you one of my longest time mates in jiu-jitsu. I've known him for pretty much since I first started. He taught me my first submission and he is a really interesting character. He's also known as Mr. Kapapuku. So anybody that's been around the traps in jiu-jitsu for a while, I'm sure knows exactly what Kapapuku is. We're going to get to know him a little bit more behind the scenes. He's been a black belt for over 10 years. He's from my old club, Peter DeBean, and he is Graham Johnston. Thanks for joining us, Graham. Oh, thanks, Camille. And also, thanks for reaching out for both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Did you declare for me sitting down here? <laughs> yeah. So you've got a really interesting story to tell both uh, on and off the mat. So, yeah, we want to get to know you a little bit more and, um, well, yeah, share away. that with our Whatever audience. Whatever I can do to help. Yeah. Well, first of all, that you have an accent. Is that like a New Zealand accent? Is that what, what I'm picking yeah. up? Yeah. So uh, my, my mother's Maori, although in New Zealand would go Maori, and um, my tribe is Ngāti Huia. And my dad, when he was alive, was a blonde, uh, he was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Irishman. And, he, and, and interestingly enough, you know, like I was born in 1964. So that means I'm 60 years, 60 years old next year. Mm. And, and it was unheard of back in the 1960s for a Maori woman to be with a white guy. With a, it, 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 wasn't, it, 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 it was rare. And in the mm. States, 1967 is when it made legal that a man could marry a black woman. Not that mm -hmm. one's black, but... You know, yeah, I'm proud of my Māori heritage. In fact, Kapa Puku, I would have to, I, I don't know, I reckon it'd be one of the biggest, it'd be one of the biggest Māori brands um, out in New Zealand, for sure. Yeah. Wow. And, and man, that, that stuff is doing you well because you look real young for your age, man. That's amazing. And like, <laughs> not, that, not that, you know, 60 is old, it's not old, but in the grappling game, you know, we're getting up, I'm 50 this year. So, you know, I'm not too far behind you. I'm definitely, I'm not, you know, no spring I, I I I get up in the morning at 4:30. No, 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 actually, I get up at five and my alarm is set for 5:15. So if I get up at 5 a.m., I go, cool, sleeping. <laughs> because I go, I beat the alarm, and then I get up and um hey folks, it's hard getting up out of bed at 5 a.m. or 5:15, and I leave that house at 5 at 5.30 and I open, open up at Peter DeBean's at um, 5 to 6 and I've been doing that for over 20 years. Wow. Like, and when my kids were born, Kimmy would have been here sometimes, yeah. when my kids were born, I, you know, they'd be crying all night and for me, it was, it was, I didn't mind because my beautiful partner had seven miscarriages. Wow. So with my first... First, first girl came along, Bianca. Hey guys, I live in a house full of girls in a black belt. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't I, I live in a house full of boys. Same thing here. Same problem. And I go, yeah. As soon as I open the door, it's Fight Club. But no, no, I love my yeah. girls. But um, 
I would get to I would I would get there at 6 a.m. I'd have two hours sleep. I would have had two hours sleep, one hour sleep. I'd go to that was when Kimmy was downstairs. That's when you yeah, trained. Yeah, and I yeah. I I would I would walk in and then I'd go, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just gonna have a quick nap. And then I'd get blankets over me, I'd sleep, and then guys would go, hey bro, bro.
to 40 guys at a time, just in the lineup. So I'm public speaking and I go, and furthermore, everyone around you has a story. Because ideally, normally when a surfer goes up, you've got one place like, like Snapper Rock in Queensland. It's an epic, iconic, pumping right-hander. But you've got one point of takeoff and you'll get three or 400 people in that lineup and there's only one, one place it takes off. So yep. it's very competitive. So you go into the water and it's quiet. Guys don't talk because they're all competing for that wave. Interesting. <laughs> and you look at surfers, they've got very similar physiques to the guys who do BJJ. You look at them, like you go to the comps. When you're at the comps, you look at them and it's six-pack city. Mm. When you go to a jiu-jitsu competition, like I saw a mate of mine in the last one, and um, you saw these, you, you get young crew with their headphones on and they're doing the rubber guard and they're doing, and you're just seeing them all up. And then you see them with their shirts off and it's six-pack it's six city. Guys freaking ripped. And that's the same as surfing. So then when they come to this place that have been surfed, you're not competing for the wave. And I go, guys, what I want you to do, and girls, is I want you to, to do something you ordinarily wouldn't do. I want you to have a little bit of courage and turn around and say, g'day. Mm. This is who I am, where you're from. Because I think we all have a story. And that's what I think is what, 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 what makes a podcast interesting. Because... I don't think it's so much, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure the people, but we all have a freaking interesting story. And then yeah. here I am, I'm paddling out, hey, and I will burn 9,000 calories. So last Friday or Saturday, um, I paddled out into the water at seven o'clock in the morning. By nine o'clock in the morning, I'd already ridden 40 waves. And then I get out at three o'clock in the afternoon and my arms are just paddling continually. So what it is, is a push up quick to my feet and then, and then I paddle around and then I'll make sure everyone's safe and I'll integrate, I'll, I'll, I'll converse with everyone in the lineup. But what the things that I love about it is the paddling. I'm paddling, and then you've got it's flat, and it goes beep, 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 and then out of nowhere, this wave jacks up and boosh. And then if you make a mistake, you can get hurt because it hits a concrete reef. People do break their necks and arms. It's a it's a wow. savage, and it goes boom. And then you've got this barrel, so you've got to be on point. But when I'm taking off, um, it's like going on your marks, get set, sprint as hard as you can with your arms, and you're exploding off the wall, and then bang to your feet. So can you imagine that relating to a jiu-jitsu game? Mm. You're just getting this amazing, like my heart rate at the moment rests at 42 beats a minute. Amazing. Right. And yeah, that's, no. that's, that's, that's the surfing. Mm. And then I'm, I'm a, uh, what I love about jiu-jitsu, like when COVID happened, I thought, okay, we closed down. I'm not going to be able to train. And for me, I thought, how am I going to get something positive out of this? And you know what? I did 273 days. I did yoga every single morning. I do it under the west gate. I do it under a tree. I do it next to a bus stop because there'd be no one around. I had my electric skateboard. I had my dingo. He'd be following me around Melbourne City. And it was like someone had done a bomb and it killed all human life. I know that. Feeling. There was yeah. no one in the city. No one. 
And the only thing that you could hear is the wind of my electric skateboard meandering through the streets of Melbourne. And then you'd hear my dingo's claws just going tick, 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 and behind. And then I'd set up my mat. I'd go to a really nice area. Normally, that would just get hundreds and hundreds of people and there'd be no one around. And you'd see cafes closed and you'd see spiderwebs on the windows. Normally, these windows would just be these pumping Melbourne metropolis cafes. And I'd be doing yoga there anyway i'm on a tangent yeah no that yeah, was no that no was... i'm conscious of time and we definitely want to hear your story so can you tell us a bit about like the start of kapapuku so you, you previously you did landscape gardening can you tell us how you made the transition with your business yeah well well when i started kapapuku i remember bringing it in and peter debane because i used to do one-on-ones with peter debane and that's why my ears are like that because he'd just go bang triangle mallet and then i'd just be trying to escape and i guess yeah you, you were like paying him to pt you in jiu-jitsu one-on-ones yeah, yeah yeah i did i i, I would I would do um, I would do the 6 a.m. class on a Friday, and then I'd do 1 o'clock till 2.30 with Peter, and then I'd do the 2.30 class, and then I'd do the 6 o'clock um, evening class with Peter. Wow. But how I, how, how I initially came up with it, I was in a hospital bed in 2000, and I wasn't feeling very good, and the, the surgeon said, you know, it, it, it wasn't a good place. And um, I was looking at the ceiling going, man, if I don't, I've just oh, you just mute. You just oh, I think your phone's uh, ringing. Hold up one sec. That's okay. Hang on, we lost that yeah, last second. Um, that's okay. That's cool. So, yeah, so you know, said, like you're lying there in the hospital bed. You were looking up. That's what we got. You go. Yeah, I'm lying in the hospital bed. I was looking up the ceiling, and then I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, I wonder what they ate in the beginning of time. Huh. <laughs> what types of foods did they eat? And then there was a guy, I'm trying to think of his name, um, you'll Google it, and he was discovered in Italy and there was a landslide. And um, he was the oldest man of the time. I think it was four and a half thousand years old. And in fact, it was the oldest crime scene ever because he had an arrow in his back and he still had perfectly preserved furs. And then it's got with these. And I go, ah, that's, there's, 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 there's something in there. He, he was living on seeds. So, you know, I remember going to a health food shop and there was a, there was a packet and, and had a couple of different seeds in it. And then I also had really bad psoriasis. So I just started adding these combination of seeds and then I was going, ah, it's too much like bird seed. How about I put some raisins in it to sweeten it up? And I go, I don't like those raisins. They've got sulfates in it, not so good. And then I started formulating them. And then Peter DeBean would go, what are you eating? I'd go, oh, it's just this mix that I make. And yeah. he goes, oh, can you get me some? And I go, sure I can. So I get it in a bucket. <laughs> I put it in a bucket. And then mates would be coming up, hey, hey, bro, because everyone used to call me Maori, bro. They'd go, hey, bro, can I buy some of those seeds that you've got? And then I'd go, yeah, sure. So I'd get an ice cream container. I'd get gaffer tape. I'd wind it round. Wow. And then I'd just give it to my mates. And then my friends from jiu-jitsu who I was giving it to, they'd give it to their moms, they'd give it to their work colleagues. And then the next thing, people who were constipated would be going, oh my God, I've just got this blend and it's making me shit three times a day, like a didgeridoo, on time, like a freaking Swiss watch. And then I'd have it, and then, I'd, and then I was going, what am I going to call it? And then my mother cards me this Manaya, and on the brand, it's got a Manaya. The Manaya's on this here, you see it in there. It's yeah. a 
that's a statue and it's uh she made it out of whalebone for me and i carved oh. it out of stone and then i was sitting because i was a landscaper back then and on my drives i had an akubra hat i had the the the, the bone carving stitched to my australian akubra hat and I was looking at it and I was going, what am I going to call the business? I grew up in a Maori extended family in New Zealand. All the relatives lived in the one room. And I used to go past my mother's sister's room and I'd go, don't look, don't look, don't look. And I'd be this young eight-year-old walking past room. And then it'd be like touching wet paint that you don't want to touch up. And then I would see her naked body and these big tits and massive nipples. I go, I've looked, I've got the vision in my head. <laughs> and then I used to and I go, I've seen the big puku. Oh, oh I've, I've got the vision. And then I was looking at the, the thing going, what am I going to call it? And I went, good stomach. We all want a good stomach. We all want a, a six pack. So good stomach and marry means kapa puku. And oh, then when we had the vision, so I was going, what am I going to call it? I went, kapa puku. And I go, well, I've got to be honest here. You do do a good shit. So I said, kapa puku, the best shit. And then I just got stickers. Instead of putting it into an ice cream container, I'm putting gaffer tape around the ice cream container. And then these random people would be calling me and they'd be going, uh, you've got that car pee poo And then they'd giggle, be shit. Yet it'd be a 70-year-old woman. And yeah. I go, how did you get? And she goes, oh, it's just a friend of a friend told me about this stuff. And apparently you do the best shit. Would I be up to have some? So I was driving car Puku all around Melbourne. And I said to my wife, I said, sweetheart, we, 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 we are designers. We landscape designers. This is not what we do. And then, I, and then um, she said, hey, Graham, I think there's a business in this. So yeah. our first big, big blend was 100 kilos. And then I'd make it with a dear friend. I, do, do you remember Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. And I bless him, he passed away in a um, mountaineering accident in Coromandel a few years ago. And then Shannon and I and Steph, um, Shannon, Stephanie and I would be mixing it in our spare room. We'd have bathing caps on because we didn't want our hair to go in there. We'd have goggles, swimming goggles on, so the <laughs> dust would get into our eyes. We'd bleach these bins out and then we'd just be stirring it up and then we'd be putting them into bags. Like and a healthy meth lab, <laughs> man. It was like a healthy meth lab. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, like I said, you know, when you're at Urban Surf or when you go there, we all have a story. Oh, and, then going, yeah. and, then, and then people would come to jujitsu and then they'd, go, they'd come in and then they'd be going, hey, bro, can I buy some of that carpo puku? Yeah. And then I'd be training at jujitsu and then I'd come, I, and then I'd have a wad of cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I would have all these bags of KP. And then people have been just be watching it going, I need a piece of the action. And then, you know, I, I just I go to jujitsu and I come back with a wad of cash and I'd just be giving it to all my mates. So because great. they saw the benefit of it. So you are so I'm sorry to cut you off, but wow. I got the world of Kapai Puku now. That's amazing. But I, now I also I mean you are your energy is next level. Like I, I acknowledge <laughs> you for your energy, man. Like woo. Right, I'm high off you right now. But um, my question for you is jujitsu. Where did that start? Like for you, like how how did you first walk into the door? Was the Debean Studios your very first jujitsu experience? Had you had training before that? Like what? How how is it that you ended up in the BJJ world? Um, I did karate as a youngster, and um, David Carradine, Kung Fu. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it may have been before your time. 
I used to watch it every Saturday night in New Zealand and I used to love it. David Carradine and Kung Fu. And, and I used to see this guy and then an arrow would be coming and go whoosh. And then he would use this arm-to-arm -arm combat and win these amazing fights. And he had this wise old man, the monk. And I, I was intrigued with the martial arts, but I was also really intrigued with the monk. In fact, you know, the game changer for me was meeting it. And then I used to go, how good would it be to have a smart guy like that? And he's blind. And the, and the only possessions he owns is the clothes on his back. And that was a game changer for me. In 2000, I met a guy, Geshe Doga, and he's a Tibetan monk. And the only, the only possessions he's got are the clothes on his back. But in my opinion, I think he's the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. So he's been a massive influence on my thinking. But um, I remember I was at high school and um, I went to a boarding school because my parents wanted to get me out of the ghetto in New Zealand, which it was. It, it, was, it wasn't a ghetto, but there was, you know, it was, an, it was, it was I, I loved it. It was home, but they got me out of South Auckland. It was like once for warriors and they took me to the, and I went to this really cool school. And, um, but before that I was doing karate full on. And my, my first work was really handy because you'd be sparring all the time. When you get popped in the nose, my eyes would water up. You know what it's like when you... But, you know, I started at a very young age karate. And I remember getting into a fight at high school and the guy was a wrestler. And I remember just going pop, pop, and I was just popping him in the face. I didn't get the turn. And then he suplexed me. I went upside down and I was going, boosh, down on my back. And then everyone was going, use your karate. And I was going, karate doesn't work down here. And I was, there was a big circle around me. Everyone was going, use your karate. Use your kung fu. And this wrestler, his name was Graham, real skinny guy. And that's all he did. And he got me and he suplexed me. And I was going, what the fuck? I went upside down, landed down, and he pinned me. And the whole crowd was going, use your kung fu, Bruce Lee. Use your, use your karate. But karate doesn't work when you're when you're pinned to the ground that was the last fight i had i had a fight um a few you know three or four about four or five years ago which is a totally different thing but that was the last fight and then i was just going man i don't want to get you know it, it, i was humiliated and i was going cardi did nothing i was there and i couldn't move and then in melbourne i was doing kickboxing and boxing and there was a a picture of um, John Will and um, in this boxing place, and then and um, these guys were going, "Hey, you should uh, you should go and see this guy. There's John Will, there's another guy, and his name's Peter Devine. Why don't you go and see him?" And it's a different type of fighting, and that's when UFC first pretty. That was the, the first stages of UFC, and I remember going to Peter, and he was this, you know, this real charismatic guy back then in 2000, and I remember walking in there. And then, you know, he put me in a gate and then he goes, do whatever you want to do. And I was landscaping back then and I was, I was strong. I'm super fit now, but I was 85 kilos. I was a human bobcat. I remember just going in for, a, in for a headlock and he got me. And then the next thing, my arm went up like that. And then he just bang. And then it all applauded me. And then I just went again and again and again. And I went, oh, my God, I've never been beaten up like that. And that was the starting point of jujitsu. Amazing. Wow. So you came, was it a brochure or something that you saw? Where did you see his name? I, I saw, no, no. These guys who were sparring in this ring were going, you should go and see this guy, Peter Devane. 
And, but he said it was, was a, a, a poster on a wall. He said it was a poster on a wall. Oh, of, I've not a repeated of, the band of a guy called John Will. Of John Will. Had a picture of him. Yeah. Yeah, and then the guys were going, go and see this guy. And, uh, and it was like, I don't know who Peter DeBean is, and I don't know who John Will is. And then they just yeah. gave me the number, and I called Peter. Mm. You know, it could have been John Will, and I... I served with some great mates. I've got a, a, a friend, Cam, and he's a surfer. He's a black belt. And um, I've got some great mates. I've got mates from all over, so many different academies. I sort of, you know, I'll take someone on, on, on their character rather than the academy that they were. It, it doesn't mean anything these days. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I love where I roll because I've just got these beautiful friends. But, yeah, that was the beginning. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. the beginning. And Kim, is it your turn or my turn? Because I know we're going to run out uh, soon. Yeah, we might. We might. You go. You go. Yeah. So, so Graham, like, like I also, I've got videos of you. Your voice is one of the most recognizable voices. I've got literally, like, my son competed in the VIX one time, or was it the Arnold Classic? And your voice is ringing out over the entire Arnold Classic. Like, whenever you get on the microphone, it's the most distinguishable voice. It's a it's a very warm, inviting, friendly voice, man. Oh, you're actually beautiful. <laughs> you are. But what is your what is the plan? Like, what's next for you, brother? Because you know, like, you've got your black belt. You're a third degree black belt. You've got your Kapai Puku business. You've got your um your work out at, at uh, the surf place. You know, beautiful family. Beautiful family. Lots of women in the house. So what's next? Who who knows what the I, I don't know. Uh, I do just to be kind, to be present, and take every moment as it comes, and not live too far in the future, but to be present. Like right now, where am I? Um, I'm wrapped that you both reached out for me to do this. Uh, I just take every day as it comes. I mean, I am visionary with the brand. You know, to think that I started the brand from an ice cream container that was point zero. Now it's a million dollar business. There's a new zero. Can we take it to another level? Um, yeah, yeah. It just You just don't know what's around the corner. No one knows what's coming. But where, where am I going? I, you know, for me, health is the wealth. There's no two ways about it. And being, being kind and being considerate. And, you know, when I do jiu-jitsu, I want to teach people. I want to teach them how to beat me. And I, I, I love it when I see a white belt and then... I see him and I saw a guy, um, Julian, and he was grappling the other day. And then I was just going, hey, Julian, your top game's really good. I'm impressed. I was rolling with a friend of mine, Tony. And um, then as I'm trying to pass him, he's seated guard doing Marcelo Garcia, which is the way I roll seated guard. And I was going, Tony, you are so good. And then I went to a comp and I saw my mate um, who started from no schools at all, Crocker. He, he goes in. And then I was going, Crocs, we need to do, we need to do some warm-ups and we're just doing X guard, X guard, X guard. And my, I, I do do a lot of X guard. And then he went into the fight, X guard, bang, and he just went. Doo -doo 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 -doo. And I love seeing people develop. And anyone who's in the BJJ, I think when you start teaching is, you know, you're reverse engineering it. And I so think that's transferable into the reverse engineering on why it happened and how not to, that to happen. And then to take that set of skills and then bring them into a business set of skills into a confrontation where you can you you, you can take it right down to zero. So there is no uh, conflict. Mm. I think jujitsu is so good for the inner confidence. For me, it has been for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And something, um, Anton, you might not know, our listeners might not know that um, Graham's brother, Michael, Mike, is also a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, wow. So they trade together. And uh, in typical Peter Devine style, he likes to have nicknames. So we, we actually call them B1 and B2, like the bananas <laughs> in pyjamas. So, yeah, he's, um, how's he going now, Graham? How's Mike yeah, going? Yeah, he's in he's the States at the moment. Yeah, no, no, Mike, Mike oh. was training with a guy called Bruno Alves. Oh, yeah. love Bruno. We've had him on the podcast too. Love, love, love Bruno. I surfed with Bruno. I surfed with a, an, an, another friend of his. He's just a, you know, um, and Mike's in the States. He's still very okay. passionate about jiu-jitsu, very much mm-hmm. so. And for a lot of practitioners who are watching us doing jiu-jitsu, I just think it's so good for mental health. Because when you're doing BJJ and you're grappling, you're not thinking about yesterday. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're in the moment. You're not looking at your mobile phone. And mm. and, and and in that moment, and when you do weights, you're doing weights. The, 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 the dumbbell is not going to do an armbar or triangle or arm applied or figure four or kumora. It's not going to do any of the above. But when you're grappling, it is real. You go like this, you engage, it is absolutely real. And in that, is silence. The silence is in the moment. And when you're in the moment, you're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. And that is really good for mental health, I think. Man, That's I, totally the agree, I totally agree, except I haven't had that forever, right? Like, I actually, I'm writing a book at the moment, and it's called How to Get Your Black Belt in Over 20 Years barely pass your gradings and still love jiu-jitsu, right? That's, an, that's the title of my book. Is, is because that your I'm life, a student, right? But the, <laughs> but the thing is that I, I have got the silence now. Like, there's nothing else. Before, like, all through blue belt, all through white belt, all through the beginning of purple belt, all I wanted to do was be someone else on the mats, not be myself, please somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't present. Now I'm present. But I think it's something that you... People get at different stages in their journey. And, you know, but I, I'm with you. I love that silence, just being present in the moment, in the match. And and, and that's, that's what we want because we're not having, you know, a bank manager, not that I have that, or a, or a confrontation. The silence is the emptiness and the emptiness is the infinity. And the infinity is that space you want to be in. And that space you want to be in is, is there's no stress. And then as you as you get better at it, you start feeling it. You can see something coming on three or four steps ahead. And then you can feel it. And it's not a YouTube video. And I, I, I like that as you bring, you know, you learn a certain style and then you bring your authenticity to the canvas. Mm. Absolutely. It's like for me, I like being in the zone right now and I'm trying to get as, as in the zone of, 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 of um, effortless leverage. Mm. There's a, there's a little small window in jiu-jitsu where it's, there's an effortlessness involved. You watch guys who are really good at it, there's that effortlessness, and you go, they move with grace and effortlessness, and there's that small window. And I love it when I'm in that window and I can feel it. Like a lot of the time I grapple, I don't try to submit. I just I just go through and and and, and then go. And then sometimes, you know, you know, something is is, is nasty and something I go, oh, okay, and then it's on the line. But I love that effortless leverage. Yeah, I'm right and, there with and you. And all jiu-jitsu practitioners will understand where I'm coming from. 
Absolutely. Do you have any any words of wisdom to wind wind up to to finish up? We're nearly out of time, so just to to finish us uh, off. Actually, actually, Andrew, before before finish, just, actually, just wait, 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 because I've got one more question, and then Kim can ask her wind up question. Because I'm I, okay. I'm fascinated about something because I can't tell. I've never seen you compete. Do you compete well? Because you you strike me as someone who's like probably too nice to be a good competitor <laughs> maybe you're a killer out there i don't know what's your um, I, I don't have that competitor instinct i did compete sure. yeah and um and i have competed but it's i think every time we wake up the competition is endless in our headspace yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand yourself because you know the chattering monkeys on your head. There's always competition in your own headspace. As a, as a, you go, you know, if you're drinking, you're not trying to drink. If you're trying to cut down on sugar, there's always that constant battle in your own head. You know, you know, you've got your, your, you're, you're, you're a father, and then your, your children challenge you, and your first reaction is going to be the, the wrong reaction, and then to refrain and be at peace. And then come back with a surprise reaction that's not that's not you know it's thought out. Powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so am I a good competitor? My competition's in my head. I'm constantly having that conversation. You know, for me to compete, um, bells and whistles and um, gold hanging around my neck. It comes and goes. It, it's it, there's no meaning in it for me. I must admit, mm -hmm. but I do understand where guys do it, and they do practice their art for sure. Yeah. Do you have any any um, parting words for our listeners? Any any final yeah. thoughts, please? How cool the podcasts are! Huh? How cool the podcasts! Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. We're the only yeah. weekly Australian so Jiu-Jitsu podcast. But anyway. And then another thing, a parting word is Adi Hanui. Yo, Adi Hanui. It's heaps of love and marry. Adi Hanui. Yo. <laughs> I love awesome. it, man. Hanu, 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 yeah, look forward to seeing you on the mats. Oh, I'm proud of you, Camille. Very proud of you, both of you. Far out. Thank you. Thanks, oh, thank you. I'm glad hey, that you lost about other Graham. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Like in the Graham, yes. you lost, <laughs> and it put you here with us today. So. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honoured. Thank you very much for reaching out. I'm absolutely honoured. Yeah. Uh, anytime. Anytime. Thank you very much. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.